Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast for your election Thursday podcast. Or is it Friday? It's Jesus Friday, man. Election Friday podcast. Uh, we hope we're sure everyone is just happy about this election and no one has any issues with how anything went. That's at least that's what Twitter's been like. It's been it's been completely peaceful on my end. Yeah, I mean, everything's been going great with the election, just like it's been going with the Bears, honestly. I mean, everything's looking just peachy <laughs> heading into this next week. I mean, Everything is lined up to, to work out really well against this Titans team. And, you know, with, with the offensive line being as good as it has, Nick Foles definitely isn't going to put on the ground. And not having a backup quarterback won't be a worry at all. <laughs> and you know I know something? I was so upset because I was planning on voting, but nobody reminded me to vote. I, I just I didn't see it anywhere. No no one thought it was a good idea to just you know let me know. Didn't see it on anybody's Instagram stories or Twitter or anything like that. I just I, I don't know what happened. It's like everyone forgot about the election. But what we don't what we won't forget is about this podcast right now. We have a great podcast coming for you guys. Um, hopefully you know there's a lot of stress and pressure that was going on with everybody uh, with this last election. I think and. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be great to actually take a break from that and uh, talk about some Bears football. Unfortunately, uh, the news isn't great. The news is not great. So uh, this week, instead of uh, it being a happy podcast, it's going to be your weekly dose of depression. Yeah, and that's the best way to put it. Unfortunately, I, I think that, you know, with the back to back losses, we've definitely become uh, uh, much more negative in our tone. I mean, we're generally you know, a little more positive about this team. And I think even though we saw that this team definitely had flaws earlier in the season, we were happy to, you know, at least celebrate those wins a little bit. We knew not to take them, you know, too seriously because they were a little, you know, questionable at times. But, you know, we took the we took the five wins when we could. But now sitting at five and three, about to go up against this Titans team. Man, it's just tough. Yeah, it's tough not to have a little bit of a down mentality, to be honest. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the Titans game later on in the show, but today we let's start let's go ahead and start this off right away reflecting on that Saints loss. You know, we got a lot of uh I would say we got a decent amount of attention on YouTube uh based on our reaction. A lot of people either fully with us, fully against us. Um not the most positive thing that we've had to upload. It's definitely was something, you know, calling out some players, calling out our head coach. Uh something that I viewed as completely necessary. I mean, it's not like what we have to say impacts the Bears in any way, shape, or form, but at least just to our audience, giving us giving them no false hope of confidence, actually laying it out to them where this team is actually at. I mean, that's what we've always tried to do here is we, we don't try to be homers. And there are times where, you know, I or Reese or, or you or me or whoever will be a little bit more optimistic on the show and than the other person or the reverse. And, you know, it, that's how it goes. And, you know, there's ebbs and flows to all of this. And, and there's going to be times where we're going to be extremely happy. I mean, God, it, it seems like just yesterday we were uploading that video about the Bears actually having an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. And that's, that's what's crazy. And like, But here's the thing, is that if you look at the Bears right now, where they're at is just completely different than when we uploaded that video. I mean, no, not as many injuries. Offensive line was looking good. The NFC was actually pulling through. They were winning despite Nagy's incompetence. And, you know, the, the Bears are still going to go to the playoffs. We're not going to try to we're, – we're not going to try to tell you guys they won't, but – we, I, I feel like we've always had higher expectations for this team than just making the playoffs. Yeah, and I don't even know if making the playoffs is really quite the point. You know, I think you just watch this team and you just know that they're not good enough. You know, I think that's the disappointing part. I, I think that, you know, it could get ugly for the Bears, but, you know, right. I, I still think it's definitely reasonable to think that they will at least be right in the mix till the very end to get into the playoffs. But at the same time, I mean... You know, having dropped a couple of games in a row, you never know where this could quite go. But it, that's not the point. It's just how bad they've looked, how they've failed to overcome certain things, and how ultimately they just have lacked improvement from last year. I mean, it's just uh, it, the offensive struggles, you know, paired with a defense that, you know, is ready to go, you know, ready to be a Super Bowl defense. It just makes it incredibly frustrating to be a fan because. You feel like half the team is ready to go, and then you feel like 
you know, the offensive side has always let him down. And, you know, maybe it's really only a third of the team is ready to go because the head coach, you know, we definitely feel has been letting this team down over the past, I don't know, really this whole season, honestly. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just where we were at last year and our major takeaways last year and where we're at right now, it, it kind of feels the same, does it not? Like, we kind of have mm-hmm. the same mood right now of where we kind of finished in 2019, where I was kind of just like, you just knew that they were not going to to really be a threat to anyone. And, and while the Bears mm-hmm. look like they are definitely in position to, to make that playoff spot, what they do in the playoffs, I mean, I wouldn't. I would be surprised. I'd be shocked if they were able to even you know win that first game. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of maybe going into the NFC East and giving a real upset to the division winner there, I I would tend to agree with you. This team is lackluster at best right now. I mean, we want to talk about a boring offense. This team's offense is incredibly boring. And a lot of it doesn't have to... You know, I blame a lot more of it on the Bears' decision, and I believe this goes on Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, the Bears' decision to kind of mail it in with the offensive line and not really try to address it this offseason. Obviously, they brought in Fetty. He looked, he honestly was a huge upgrade than whatever we had at that position in 2019. And in the beginning of the season, it looked really good. But the second that James Daniels goes down, just nothing. Absolutely obliterated. The, the offensive line goes from being, you know, one of the better, I think it was a little bit above average in the first couple of games, to looking horrible, right? And that's an issue because... In this day and age in the NFL, if you don't have a, a somewhat decent backup offensive line, I mean, you don't have an offensive line. Because offensive line, there tends to be a good amount of injuries there. And uh, it, it's an issue. And, and the fact that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, because, you know, there's that, that decision was probably one that was a, a coach-GM decision together because, you know, a lot of internal scouting has to do with the coaching staff and what they feel they need this, this and that. And so ultimately their decision to go ahead and just mail it in grab a Fetty when, especially with all the other options that are on the market, all the options on the market currently, we can even talk about too. Uh, you know, I think, uh, what's his, Cordy Glenn is still on the market. He's a left tackle. He, you know, I know he might've had some issues with our current offensive coordinator when he was at the Bengals, but if you want to talk about just pure personnel, uh, and then also Josh Klein, he's still out there, you know, and then, you know, Quentin Spain, just a, 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 a true decision to just stay put. And that was the issue. And now this offensive line looks terrible. And if you look at the big difference besides the quarterbacks, when you're looking at 2018 to 2019, where we saw that huge dip off was the offensive line performance, the offensive line in 2018 was very good, very, very good. And they played like a top 10 unit, some say top five unit by by a lot of the odds. So you'd think that, you know, going in 2019, they'd have similar performance. They ended up, didn't Kyle Long, ended up taking a step back. And then whoever we had with injuries and everything, it just, it was a mess, right? And that's what's going on here. And right now we're about to talk about it in a minute, but I, I do want to get back to the Saints loss. So this offensive line is terrible right now. And the Saints loss, I think it stings the most because it showed us that this Bears team, it, it, they're a good team, and they, they can they can be good in spurts. I mean, that one throw that Nick Foles had to Darnell Mooney when he had that clean pocket was one of the best throws I've seen a Bears quarterback make, and you know since Mitchell Trubisky has become the quarterback. So this team, it, it's not that they're they're awful as far as talent goes, but they they make so many dumb mistakes on offense. They do so many dumb things and they just they're so inconsistent that they need everything to run perfect for them 24 seven. And that's just not a reality in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, circling back a bit as to why they don't go after any offensive linemen. I don't know. It's not even like you really have to take a risk to go out and get any of them. But as for the Saints game, I think that. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, it makes you think sometimes, like, okay, you know, Foles is able to make that pass to Mooney. Is he struggling a lot of times during the rest of the game simply because he doesn't have a clean pocket? But then at the same time, you know, you kind of have to question that, you know, it kind of just goes against the grain of the NFL where so many of these quarterbacks are kind of able to have some kind of escapability and get out of the pocket and then make the throw. And it's just, 
you know, it's just not a good combination between Foles being the kind of just strict pocket passer that he is and, and the state of the offensive line. And when you're getting no help from the run game at all, it, it just creates stagnation and the play calling isn't doing anything to help it. Like you said, they, you know, they look totally out of rhythm. Um, you know, they look lost and it's just frustrating because, you know, they do have that talent. You know, I think this wide receiver core, I mean, other than kind of some really bad drops over the course of the year, I don't know quite what's up with that. But talent-wise, playmaking ability-wise, I mean, this wide receiver core is, is good. I mean, there's multiple players that can, mm-hmm. can hurt you. But then it's just, you know, why can't we get the ball to them? Well, it's because, you know, Foles doesn't have enough time to pass the ball. And, you know, then we have to do, like, these simple plays, and we end up throwing it behind the line of scrimmage, you know, so often trying to do screens. And it's just, you know, I just don't see, you know, how this team gets better because we've been seeing this from week to week now. Uh, you know, we really have not seen this offense improve, whether it be Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, whether it be Nick Foles at quarterback. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, another dose of reality to Bears fans is that, honestly, a lot of these offensive line injuries might end up benefiting the Bears a little bit. Um, and I don't mean to be too pessimistic or, or you know, too down on this Bears team, but at the end of the day, what's so much more important than this season, and I know this is hard for a lot of people to understand, is that we get a good draft pick and we can get a good quarterback in this next draft. So this offensive line, this is a, the worst offensive line in the NFL right now. When you look, when you look at it on paper, uh, I mean, we can kind of move into this right now. The Bears' offensive line, they are missing almost their entire squad. They have two starters, Jermaine Effetti, who was the new addition, and then Charles Leno Jr. You know, Bobby Massey, he's injured right now. He's on IR and he is going to be out for probably a month at least. Even Mustaford, who was our one bright spot when it came to a backup, he's he did not participate. He's out this week. Uh, Whitehair has COVID currently and was also dealing with a small injury prior to that. And then, uh, you know, Rashad Coward is giving up the most sacks in the NFL, and he hasn't even played the entire season. This offensive line is terrible. And we'll get into our predictions for next week, but – this team is not going to win very many games with this offensive line and Nick Foles as the quarterback. Yeah. And you know, the offensive line, you know, really it's been struggles on both sides, you know, as far as running the football and, you know, pass protection and, you know, earlier on in the season, it seemed like, you know, pass protection wasn't as much of a worry. I mean, this team has struggled running the ball, you know, from week one, you know, from the jump and, you know, you can't even really blame Montgomery. I mean, he's literally leading the league in uh, uh, what am I, broken tackles. Or missed tackles, yeah. Yeah, and, but it's because he's getting, you know, contact before he even makes it to the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then, you know, in pass mm-hmm. protection, the past couple of weeks, it's just eroded down and, and in some crucial moments, too. I mean, I feel like they are literally giving up sacks exactly when you don't want to give up sacks. And it just always seems to really, really hurt them and... You know, they're fortunate, honestly, to tie that game. I think Cairo Santos made a great kick to tie that game up. So they're fortunate to get in overtime. And, you know, once they got in overtime, once again, we got that dose of the offense that couldn't move it. It's just like, how how can you not be amped up to have a chance to go out and win it in overtime? You know, especially when you weren't playing mm-hmm. that well all game, and now you have a chance to flip the script and get the win. And it just seems like this team doesn't really get fired up about it. I thought the defense no. had a higher chance of winning that game for us in overtime by somehow either getting a safety or getting a defensive touchdown. And that's just not right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. And the, the the bigger issue is that this team just, they, they look lackadaisical, you know? They, they just look like they're lacking any sort of enthusiasm to line up and, and any sort of, you know, excitement. I mean, we have some good young pieces on this team. We have some good weapons, too. We have Allen Robinson. We got a ton of players. Allen Robinson was mad during the game. You, everyone saw that on TV. He's probably not very happy with his decision to be with the Bears right now. I can imagine. I don't. I truthfully don't know if he's going to be on our team next year either. But he was mad. You can tell that Nick Foles has been mad in the past. There's frustration on this team offensively. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to two things. It's not our weapons. You could throw Odell Beckham. Well, maybe that's a bad example. You could throw Julio Jones. Uh, you could throw, you know, 
Devontae Adams, whoever whoever you want to name some of these elite wide receivers, you can throw them on this team and it's going to be the same team. It's going to be the same situation. Nothing is going to actually give us the results that we think they can give us until we fix this offensive line, fix this quarterback situation. And that's why I say maybe in a pessimistic tone that this offensive line injury situation could be one of the best things for this Bears future because really if you want to look at our proje- or where we are at last year, we probably should have taken that t- taken that year to you know rebuild add some more pieces to the offensive line and and maybe not add a quarterback we weren't really in a good position to do that but you know kind of get the ball rolling to bring in a quarterback the following year get a good draft pick this year um and right now you know the fr- winning the first you know five out of six games really put us behind when it comes to the draft picks and you know i i have a hard time believing that we're going to probably get out of the season with something higher than the 20th draft pick. Yeah. And I don't know, like I would love to say, you know, the Bears should just go for a full on tank, like rebuild, but that's just not the way this organization works. And, and it's well, frustrating because Nagy's trying to protect his job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we got multiple people in this organization trying to protect their job. And, and also like we have a, a elite, defense and and you hate to waste it but then at the same Mm -hmm. time you know it's like you know continually we say this you're you're playing yourself into the worst spot to be which is mediocre and you know you Mm -hmm. can kind of it's just cyclical because you kind of sit there you don't really get those great draft picks and and you know when you refuse to go out there and make improvements through free agency I mean like you said they brought in a Fetty to help the offensive line this offseason but we all know we all knew that this offensive line needed more help than just Jermaine Fetty like yeah that was simple that was clear and we could all see it and, and like you said you know Nagy and pace refused um you know probably in a tandem decision or you know discussing it that you know they didn't need to go after and, and pick up anything and that's kind of why we're at the situation we are now and you're in a real predicament because you have that defense that's really good and you have some weapons offensively but you still can't figure it out on the offensive side of the ball so where are you really going you know you're not really going anywhere but, you know, how do you sell to this fan base right now that, you know, Nagy's came in here, he's the offensive genius that's going to guide us to a Super Bowl, right? You know, how, how do you explain mm. that, no, okay, we're just blowing it back up again? You know, it's going to be tough. It's a tough exactly. sell to the Chicago fans. And this is going to be Ryan Pace's really, like, third head coach if he stays with us, which is very rare in the NFL for uh, a GM to have three head coaches. It's honestly pretty rare for them to have two to begin with. So, but here's the thing is that this is, you know, not every situation is the same. I do like Ryan Pace. A lot of, I, you know, it's one of the funniest things because we posted that last negative video and I got the two biggest comments that I saw from us after we posted that was um, people either critiquing us hyping up the Bears defense as this great defense, even though 99% of the rest of the video was just complete negativity or people getting mad at our continuous support for Ryan Pace. And I've seen that across a lot of our, a lot of our videos. And, you know, I think you may be a little bit more down on him than me, Reese, but I, I think that it's pretty clear time after time again, that the issue has never been the talent on the team. The issue besides for obviously the quarterback um, and, you know, the offensive line a little bit this year, but it's little things here and there. This team has been supplied with plenty of talent. And, you know, as a long-term Bears fan, we've seen what having a bad GM is. And Ryan Pace, in my opinion, is an above-average GM, comes up with a lot of great draft picks. I mean, he is responsible for building this insane defense. Um, And he, he is someone who I believe knows how to make strategic decisions at the right time and honestly I think that Ryan Pace was planning on rebuilding this team I think that we would have went after a much more major quarterback name not Nick Foles if we were planning on this actually trying to be like the future of our team yeah I mean you know Ryan Pace is far from perfect but I think I will say that he has brought in some of the best players that the Bears have had in decades I mean in decades, and mm-hmm. I'm being honest there, I mean, 
uh, you know, Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson are just two names that jump out, you know, right away to me. And, you know, he's made some money. And he does and, it with consistency, too. Right. He does he, it very consistently. He's made some money in those later rounds. I mean, you know, whether it be Tariq Cohen or I think Darnell Mooney is turning out good. I mean, he, he, has, he has made some good draft picks. I think there are always the concerns of, you know, why can't he draft, you know, well high? I think, you know, Cole Komet's already kind of falling in that realm of, of critique because, you know, well, we state that, you know, tight ends take a while to develop. You know, people are just kind of wondering mm-hmm. why he was the top pick. And, you know, I understand and I know where people are coming from with that. But at the same time, I think someone like Jalen Johnson, he picked, has performed very well. And, you know, you couldn't really ask too much more from, you know, that particular pick. So I think he definitely comes with his positive and negatives. And I think that, you know, Another critique that you can have, right, is that he has gone through two coaches. Um, I can't remember exactly how mm-hmm. it lined up with if he brought in John Fox or not, or was that he Phil didn't. He, it was from you know we don't know for sure. Obviously, a lot of this happens behind the scenes, but the what it is is that Phil Emery wanted to pair a new GM with a more experienced head coach candidate. So it really wasn't Ryan Pace's decision, but. Uh, Matt Nagy very much was his decision, right? So and I mean, I, I, don't, I don't blame Ryan Pace for that decision either. I, I really don't. I think Matt Nagy was the best head coaching candidate that year. I mean, yeah, I right. You know, at the same time though, he did make the hire, and you can critique him. I, yep. I think that you know, you can argue it both ways. I, I don't think that he's the major problem with the, with this team right now. I think that there's other things going on. I think the main problem is is the head coaching, you know, for people that are saying that, Hey, you know, pace and Nagy got to go. I understand. I understand because people mm-hmm. do want to see change and people want to see this team compete well. And, and, and honestly, I mean, the Chicago fans deserve it. I mean, it's been a long time and this is a big market team that, you know, hasn't produced many results in recent years. Um, at the same time though, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think that pace should necessarily be fired. I think that, you know, maybe him being on the hot seat is appropriate. But I don't think he should necessarily mm-hmm. be fired. But at the same time, I think that Nagy is very much, I mean, his seat should be burning hot. But I understand why people, yeah. you know, want to see Pace gone as well. The thing is with Matt Nagy is I don't want to make the the same decision as we did with John Fox where we kept him one year too long. And I almost feel like we're getting in that similar territory. What I do have to say about Matt Nagy as an individual is I think that he can be a good head coach if he has the good quarterback and the good offensive line talent. Because he is someone that, that, you know, a lot of successful head coaches, Andy Reid included, they want to make an offense where the defense adjusts to them. They do not want to adjust to the defense. They want to do what their game plan is and have the other team have to adjust to that. The reality in the NFL, though, you know, on the flip side is that if you have a bad team, that's just not going to ever give you the, the, you know, the fruits of your labor. You're, you're never going to actually succeed from that. And I think we saw that initial success in 2018 with his offense, which was, you know, it's almost hard to believe that it's the same coach on, on offense coaching in 2018 than 2019 and 2020 because he looked like he was this offensive mastermind, someone who, you know, he would throw in a run on third and eight and it would work. You know, he, he'd throw in a play that was behind the line of scrimmage and the defense just wasn't ready for that and it, and it would work. And it looks like he's trying to keep all the same staples, but it's not working because all the pieces that were there around them, as far as the offensive line goes and as far as the quarterback play has, you know, heavily decreased. And at the end of the day, we, we're just going to have to, here's honestly what I'd like to see happen. And we're kind of moving towards obviously the state of the franchise, which is, which is another topic that we're, we're talking about on this podcast is what, what is our, our, our feeling on this team moving forward this year and in the future? And, and my feeling is that I think that we still could be successful with Matt Nagy enough to the, to the way that I just don't want. It's not that I want him out the door. It's just if there are better candidates and internally they feel like there are better candidates out there, which I think there are some really good candidates coming up in this next head coaching cycle then you move on. But if there isn't someone that really wows you as an organization, I could see you sticking with Matt Nagy for one more year. 
Yeah, I mean, what I'll say about Matt Nagy is just, you know, you have to learn how to deal with some kind of adversity. I mean, head coach in the NFL is never going to be easy, and some coaches have it way easier than others. I mean, that's for sure. But, you know, I understand, you know, Nagy hasn't had his first choice quarterback at the position. Um, You know, the offensive line has never really been particularly great for him. But, I mean, ultimately that's something that he has to deal with. He's the head coach. I mean, this is, you know, he has to manage that. He needs to game plan for that. He needs to, you know, strategize for that, you know, week in, week out. And, And he hasn't done it. He's failed to deliver on that. Honestly, look at one of my main concerns, too, is, when have the Bears been the worst? In my eyes, it's always been in the third quarters of football games. And what that means yeah, to what that means to me is that Matt Nagy is just getting out coached and half making halftime adjustments. The other team is just coming True. out prepared. They know exactly what to do to stop the Bears, and Nagy refuses to change anything up or or whatever he's trying to change up just simply isn't working because I swear, I can't remember, you know, maybe there's been one in one of the games they actually played decent in where the third quarter looked decent, but mm-hmm. if that's usually when they bl- they're they blowing their leads or they're going down and, you know, gearing up the, to play somewhat decent in the fourth quarter and claw back into the game. But, you know, I, I think that the future is still, you know, decent for this team, you know. They have a, a defense that they can they can build off of. You know what quality they'll be. You know next year. I mean, you don't know, and that's the risk that you run. That's the risk that you run is you know the mm-hmm. longer that you take to develop all this, the, the key players that you have on defense right now could be aging, not on the top of their game, and you know once the offense catches up, maybe the defense is a liability. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you need a little bit of luck and you know making and put, putting together some very successful teams. But you know, they, I think they knew they need to shake some things up because obviously what they're doing right now it isn't working and it hasn't been working for the past while. And, but I think that in with the pace, you know, kind of administration or whatever you want to call it, since he's been in there, this team has taken massive steps forward. I mean, like you always constantly say, like we always talk about. I mean, John Fox, you know, Trustman, those were some really bad days, and you know, this Bears team isn't nearly down at that level, but. It's still frustrating because you feel like it should be so much more. Exactly. And I think that's what's upsetting Barry's fans is Ryan Pace has changed the ceiling for this team. You know, he's completely altered the outlook of the Bears as a franchise, right? He's taken it from, okay, we might make the playoffs this year or, okay, you know, we're an okay team. Maybe if we stay healthy and Jay Cutler doesn't throw too many picks in a game, we can get something done. He's actually taken this team and built one dominant side of the ball. And, you know, he messed up with Trubisky. And I think that's what people always want to hold Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, Trubisky over him. Okay. And that's very reasonable to assess a GM by his first round draft picks. But what you have to, Ryan Pace, you need to look at two things. First, He's gotten plenty of first-round talent outside of the first round. Okay, plenty of it. I mean, you want to look at Eddie Jackson, uh, in, in, insane talent as, as a player. I mean, he got Akeem Hicks out of free agency, which is insane to think about when he was a nobody. I mean, he brings in these guys. Look at Mario Edwards Jr., right? He was on the street a couple weeks ago. He brings them in. He finds guys that work in his defensive system well, and he puts them in a good position. He, like, he understands scouting and it almost seems like he just has an upper hand over every GM in the NFL when it comes to late round scouting. So in, in that regard, Ryan Pace has been phenomenal for us. The other thing is if when you when we're looking at Ryan Pace right now, we we shouldn't be yes, you need to use the past draft picks to evaluate him as to how good he is, but we also need to look at how has he been doing lately. And I think this past draft of his has been spectacular with what he's done. Obviously, Cole Komet, he's slowly progressing. He's getting there. He had a huge catch really recently. I can't – was that in the Titans game? He had a huge catch. And then uh, he's came up in a lot of key moments recently, slowly developing. You know, obviously, tight ends take a little bit longer. Jalen Johnson has stepped into the NFL and been almost an instantaneous – Star. I mean, he's rated one of the top, I believe, 10 cornerbacks in the NFL right now, which is insane. And then he get, goes ahead and gets Darnell Mooney in, what was it, the fifth round of the draft, who's been, you know, arguably our most dangerous weapon right now, which is insane. So he's been doing a much better job. Year before that, doesn't have a lot of draft picks, gets David Montgomery. 
in my opinion, above average running back, probably even even better than that, especially if he would have had some offensive line talent. He's done everything that he has done with some of the most poor offensive lines in the NFL, which is, you know, spectacular in my opinion. So really, if you want to look at his what he has done recently, I think he's done a really good job. I think he's done a good job understanding when to let players go, letting Adrian Amos walk out, you know, bringing in HaHa Clinton Dix for a season and now Treshawn Gibson. He's done a really good job with my, with the roster in general. The one thing I think that would make him look like a great GM is this getting a quarterback right. And I think he will end up addressing the offensive line. Uh, he hasn't had an issue with it in the past. I think that I think that he kind of knew the direction of this team and he knew that they weren't going to be major players. So maybe he that's why he sat out on that offensive line. The one thing that I do have to say, though, is that um, when you look at this team, I think with Bears fans, because we're so accustomed to rebuilding, we think that a rebuild is always necessary and that we, we believe that things need to be blown up completely and things need to change. This is not this is not that. What needs to happen with this Bears team is not we need to trade half of our players, cut half of our players, and then completely rebuild this team. This team is good, and it has a lot of young talent. We've drafted well. Uh, we have young players that could step up when older players start to you know fizzle down. And, and really what this team, how this team needs to treat what what's going on and how fans need to look at this team is the Ravens of like 2017, right? Where they were a team that was kind of struggling and then they bring in this new quarterback and they just explode and they're one of the top teams in the NFL. And that should be, that should be the plan. That should be the expectation going forward is that this year we're going to have our year to get things right. Next year, that's going to be the team building year. And the year following, we're going to have enough, you know, well internally developed talent. We're going to have enough chemistry as a team that we're going to be able to make something more of it. Another team that has done a really good pass off like that was the Kansas State Chiefs, Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't need to be always this huge, you know, Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, Cleveland Brown, Chicago Bears rebuild. Yeah, and I agree with that. I agree with that. I think really what they need is an identity change. You know, I think that's really what it boils mm-hmm. down to, especially offensively, because really they have no offensive identity, you know, as it stands right now. And you know, I think starting with a new quarterback would definitely be a be a help with that. And right, they don't need to go out there and do like a Raiders style. You know, where they go out and as John Gruden's about to come in, they get a a lot of draft stock. Which you know, honestly, for the Raiders, you know. You know, hats off to them. I feel like they've done a pretty good job with that. You know, I, I'm not going to come out here and say that, oh, they did the right thing trading Khalil Mack, you know, whatever. I think both sides, you know, got their success from it, um, and, mm-hmm. and it worked out well. But, you know, I, I think that with this offense, yeah, it's you need something that's going to shake things up a bit. You need something... You know, the mold that they're going with right now, it's just, it's simply, it's not working. It's not putting up enough points, and it's not putting up enough long, sustained drives. And both of those are important. And if they're really able to do one of them well, I mean, if this team could hit on explosive plays, which, you know, finally, it seemed like last week they're, you know, able to get done a little bit. But if they could get explosive plays and put some points on the board, but, you know, maybe they couldn't always, you know, maybe they had a three and out here and there, fine. I think that would work for this team. Or if, you know, they just come a team that, you know, kind of, you know, they just press the ball downfield and, you know, they're not going to take huge chunks out of you, but they're constantly putting together nice, long, you know, five, six, you know, minute drives and great too. But, you know, this team isn't either of that. And, you know, they need to pick some kind of route, some kind of direction to go and in some way change things up. That's ultimately what it boils down to. And I do think that that begins with getting a new coach, though. I think that identity change starts with getting rid of Nagy because I don't think that's going to happen with him at the home. Yeah, it's hard. It's It can be kind of hard to convince. You need more buy-in, and it could be hard to convince a team that also just had the buy-in of a new quarterback that anything's going to be different in the next year. You need some new enthusiasm, and there's a lot. There's some good you know, candidates this year. There's some pretty good candidates. We, I mean, we ha- we talked about them all in the previous episode of all of these options that are available to us. It seems like the right time to make that move. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like super calling out the bears if they choose not to, uh, you know, if, cause, cause I think there is a line of thinking that is validated in keeping Matt Nagy. I, I think there is, but in my own personal opinion, I believe that we should try to find a new 
head coach as long as internally they're very excited about him and just get get some new ideas in you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm just I think fans are also going to be a hard sell bringing back Nagy and the funny thing that I saw is he actually has coach of the year odds right now um which is kind of crazy to believe but yeah he is coach of the year odds right now that well that yeah that's crazy and, and to me that just makes me think that they're just not watching the games and, and you know maybe yeah, they, be see, a, they see Nick Foles five and three and they're like oh yeah Matt Nagy great job <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right I, you know oh my goodness I lost like my train of thought a little bit but I, I think what I was gonna say is you know maybe n- to be a little less harsh here on Nagy Maybe the identity change could be made, you know, by getting a new quarterback and he could remain head coach, but he doesn't do play calling abilities. But if he, mm-hmm. you know, if he refuses to not give up play calling abilities, then you just need to get rid of him. Because I, I think that, you know, maybe that could make some kind of change. You know, maybe I can put a little bit of belief into that. But, you know, it's just with the way things are going right now, how I just I don't really know how people that are maybe, you know, I don't know how you defend them. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You know, I don't I don't know quite what defense you can get the man Nagy that he made the playoffs in 2018 and won coach of the year. I mean, that feels like such a long time ago. It was. It was a completely different Bears team ago from now. Now, you want to know the real, really the only way I foresee Nagy being able to build any sort of enthusiasm in this locker room. There's one thing I think he can do to bring back the buy-in. Ryan Pace needs to trade up and get one of the top two quarterbacks, maybe top three, maybe top three. You you can't bring in a Mac Jones and expect and expect that there's going to be buy-in from this locker room. They need to if they want buy-in and they want to keep Matt Nagy, they need to give up literally whatever they can to get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. And even if that means this season kind of giving it up, giving up. Okay, if you want buy-in, you need some sort of significant. Jesus, that that was a horrible, uh, significant. Uh, you need a, some sort of significant change. You you can't you can't have it be the same thing. Maybe if you bring in Justin Fields, right? Maybe if you bring him in, then the team starts to be like, oh wait a minute, wait a minute. We just got the guy that threw what was it like forty two touchdowns the season prior, leading one of the nation's top programs. This guy has some respect, you know. And you know, if you if you don't do it, it, it could be uh, it could be difficult. It could be difficult to get that buy-in out of your team. It could be difficult to convince free agents to come to your team to want to play for you. It could be difficult to get Allen Robinson wanting to sign a contract extension, especially after you've been delaying it. So, I mean, all these are questions that Ryan Pace has to be asking himself right now. And right now, we just really don't know. Yeah, and, and buying it is really something that it seems like this team really struggles with. I mean, I was going to say that earlier. I mean, when does this team ever push, like, all the coins into the middle and just call it and go all in? We never do. I mean, we, we've talked constantly about the free agents that we have refused to sign. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, I honestly believe, I mean, this team right now, they don't look good enough to be to play the Super Bowl. But when, when it looked like they were no. doing all right, and I was like, you know, this team can't lose for whatever reason, not for the right reasons, but, you know, teams just couldn't beat the Bears mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You know, it's like, why wouldn't you just try to add these players and see what would happen? But they didn't. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, we're in the spot we're at now. It's just, you know, where there's no commitment. I, I don't see the, the real just, you know, taste that the – desire to win you know the defense plays fiery and chippy but you know from the team i mean you know not to pound this into the wall into death but you know what does this team stand for what is their identity at all i mean this bears team now right now their identity is is just a team with a bad offense and a pretty good defense i mean that's what (laughs) it comes down to i mean just i don't see the energy with the team i just i don't you know (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, there was some, I mean, if you want to talk about a while ago, back when we were talking about the draft on this podcast, I came out and I said, you know what, Bears, I think there's one move you got to make, right? And I said, you should trade up to draft Jordan Love. And, you know, I Jordan Love with the Packers, that's a completely different story. They already have a, a quarterback. But Jordan Love at the time, he was, a you know, kind of a higher ceiling quarterback, 
maybe wouldn't have went in the first round if it was, uh, you know, next next this year, this coming up year, he certainly wouldn't have went in the in the first round. And he he wasn't the best quarterback. But the thing that Jordan Love was, is it was exciting. It would have brought a lot of excitement to this fan base. How cool would it be right now, Jordan Love starting to you know start for the Chicago Bears? We get to see what we have with him. <laughs> Instead of Nick Foles, I mean, come on! Like this is—it feels like we're phoning in the season, man. It's tough, you know. It's tough. I, I think that you know Nick Foles was brought in as a legitimate option, but you know when you look back at it, it's just like you know once again it, it was the very not necessarily safe pick, but it was the obvious one. You know, I mean, they had different quarterbacks that could have went out there and you know tried to make a move and go get. But they didn't, you know, they they traded for, for Nick Foles and, you know, people weren't really too impressed by the move and looking back at it, I guess they were right. I mean, I had a little bit higher expectations for Nick Foles. I thought that he would be competent enough and he hasn't had the help, certainly. I mean, he has a good wide receiving core, but he hasn't had the help from the offensive line. So that's really hurt him. But, you know, I, I thought that he could possibly be better, but yeah, when you look back at it, it's kind of just like, oh, well, here we go again. You know, what did you expect? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's very familiar to the Mike Glennon sign. It's kind of just like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we went out there and got, you know, a mediocre quarterback. And people are going to come after me, you know, oh, you know, Nick Foles has got the Super Bowl ring. You know, outside of that, I mean, you know, he's had a, a successful career, but he's been on a lot of teams. He's never really stuck as a starter really anywhere. You know, so it's like – what are you really accomplishing, you know? In some ways, it almost seems like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, with all the adversity, he's always, you know, always mm-hmm. overcoming and everything. It's just like he would bring a little bit of energy and fire to this offense that I feel like someone like Nick Foles doesn't, you know? Nick Foles yeah. is giving you those Napoleon Dynamite vibes all game. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where do you go from that? I don't really know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, well, well at the end of the day, I do – think that Nick Foles was a fine signing especially when you compare to the one player that's actually performed pretty well outside of Tom Brady which I guess we made a run at supposedly is Teddy Bridgewater he's had a good season um you don't know if that would have been the same with Chicago Bears obviously uh, very different teams very different offenses very different coaches the one thing that I think we were consistently right on though when we talked about it was that Nick Foles is going to give us a good outlook on Matt Nagy he's not going to have any excuse to say oh you know Mitch doesn't know the scheme he doesn't know that and I think that's exactly what's playing out right now I don't think that Nick Foles is all that bad of a quarterback you know I I definitely don't want him to be the starting quarterback going into next year but I don't think he's all that bad of a quarterback and I think with a different head coach something else could have definitely became of the Chicago Bears team. But I think that what we believed and what we saw playing out is exactly true. And I think we were more wrong on maybe Matt Nagy than we were Nick Foles. It seems like it. Yeah, it really seems like it. And Yeah, I mean, I don't know really what else to say from that other than just, you know, the more years that you decide to go down this road, and like you said, it's that you're too late kind of thing. You know, when we look mm-hmm. back at it in retrospect, John Fox, he's like, how how did he get to coach another season after he went three and thirteen? You know, and, and probably what yeah. we should be asking ourselves is, you know, if this season ends a lot like twenty nineteen did, you know, if Matt Nagy's the coach next year, you're gonna go, and, and he fails, you're gonna go. How do we let him, you know, be mm-hmm. coach again when he wasn't improving this team at all, and in fact regressed from year to year? I mean, I, I don't know how you validate it. Well, you need to find you need to find a, a coach who you need to f- bring in an offensive coach who also will influence and dictate who you draft as a quarterback. You need to have that pairing. You know, the Bears they they tried to sell the Trubisky Nagy pairing, but at the end of the day, it wasn't Nagy's guy. It was it wasn't even Fox's guy. It was Ryan Pace's guy, and that's what happened. If you think about it, you want to look back, and I think that Trubisky would be considered p- completely differently if we made this move. We should have gotten Kyle Shanahan. That should have been, they should have gotten rid of Fox early and brought in Kyle Shanahan. You want to look at Mitchell Trubisky comparing to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know about you, but when I look at Mitchell Trubisky and Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't see that much of a difference. I really don't. I, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is very mediocre. I would at least have faith, more faith, you know, that someone like Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan could extract more from Or look Trubisky, at Nick Mullins. You know? And, and that's what it comes down to. And, and the, like you said, yeah, they missed that chance because they did wait that extra year too long with Fox. And, you know, 
it seemed like we got something good with Nagy, but yeah, right. It's really, it, it's not a good situation. And with quarterbacks, he hasn't, he's 0 for 2 right now. You know, the best quarterback that has really looked great under him is Chase Daniel. And that's just because he could somewhat look like he was being able to play the system, right? You know, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the same time, though, it, like you said, you know, we, we were sold that Mitch and, and Nagy, you know, relationship. But at the whole time, that was a false. That was a false relationship. It was a false marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nagy wanted nothing to do with Trubisky. And that was pretty well known from the beginning of it. Um, even like that first Sunday night football game, I think they played against the Packers. They, they said that, you know, Nagy wasn't completely sold on, on having Trubisky as his quarterback, but it was kind of forced to be and, you know, never quite worked out well. And, you know, you kind of have to, you know, if that's the case, why wasn't Nagy petitioning to get a quarterback that he wanted more? And if, if Nick Foles was that quarterback that he wanted more, then, then he failed, you know, as simple as that. Yeah, and, you, you know, to be honest, they haven't had the draft capital either because of the Khalil Mack trade, and we we can – we we can Fair. talk about that all you know you know he, he it wasn't like they were have in a position to really draft one even though they you know potentially this past year they maybe could have gotten a Jordan Love, uh, but at, at the end of the day I agree with you it, it seems a little overdue and let's just not make the same mistake like plenty of coaches get fired and move on to be successful elsewhere I don't think that if Nagy is fired and he goes on to have success I don't think too many Bears fans will be all that upset about it I think really. Uh, the but at the same time, I do want to be a little bit careful because I know Matt Nagy has a lot of respect within the industry. They talk about it all the time uh, on the TV, and just other other coaches really respect him. Apparently, you know, this could all just be media BS. But um, yeah, no. But since we're talking about Trubisky, why don't we talk about Reese? What you brought up is the rumors that Mr. Trubisky might not be might not be injured. And now this this may seem like a little scandal within the Bears locker room, but how cool how how incidental is it let's so so let's talk about let's let's frame it first actually so right now with bears with the bears everyone is kind of falling back to Mitchell Trubisky looking at the offensive line they're like hey Foles isn't going to be too good here right Foles isn't going to look too good in front of this the statue in the pocket's not going to look too good in front of our third string center and second string guard right that's not going to look too good, but maybe what we should do is go back to Mitchell Trubisky, who is actually running the offense a little bit better in weeks one and two. So, so with all this going on and obviously this loss, there's a lot of fan outrage saying, put in Mitchell Trubisky, plenty of people on Twitter saying, put in Mitchell Trubisky. Just so happens, you know, that there's all of a sudden Mitchell Trubisky ends up on the injury report. When he was leaving the game, he he looked completely fine. The one play he went in, he got up, no issue, walked over to the sideline, didn't go to the medical tent, didn't do nothing. Just got up, walked his way over there. But apparently, he has significant structural damage in the shoulder that he landed on. You'd, You'd think that a player would look like they're in a little bit more pain after that injury, especially because they compared it to the 2018 injury where when he got up, his arm couldn't even be in his socket. He had to hold his arm into his socket. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about this one, Reese. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. And, and I saw this, you know, pop up around, you know, some people commenting, you know, drawing a parallel connection to, you know, what happened against the Rams where, you know, Mitchell Trubisky was taken out of the game with what kind of seemed like a little bit of a phantom injury. No one really knew what went on. It seemed like Nagy kind of just wanted to take him out of the game. And people are kind of pinning as this is the same thing. This is kind of Nagy kind of trying to take away that little bit of controversy. And, you know, I don't know if that's really quite the case. It, it does seem odd that he was on for only one play and got hurt. And like you said, you know, he wasn't really riling around on the ground. We didn't really hear anything about him, you know, talking to any, you know, medical things. And then it kind of just breaks after the game that, you know, he's injured. And I guess a brief update on the situation, I'm pretty sure I saw today that, he got checked out by, you know, whatever professional in L.A. and said that no surgery was required. So it just seems a little bit odd, you know, about all the kind of what we've heard and what we didn't see and the fact that, you know, we're being told that he's hurt. And, you know, if that really is the, the strategy of Nagy, I mean, that's quite sad that, you know, he couldn't really take that kind of media pressure or kind of public criticism. Uh, 
you know, at the same time, I don't think that it's likely that's really what occurred. You know, maybe he did get kind of hurt. But it's interesting, you know, I saw people also critiquing that, you know, Nagy was trying to use Trubisky as this kind of Taysom Hill kind of figure, you know, in the, in the same game. And <laughs> You're like, like, oh, you got Taysom Hill? You got Taysom Hill? Well, guess what? We got Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, and, and, you know, if it is true, then he got hurt on his first play, which, you know, Taysom Hill, he's running to people like he's a fullback, and apparently Mitchell Trubisky He caught a just, touchdown at playing tight end. Yeah, uh, he. I mean, that's that's a whole. You could do a whole podcast about Taysom Hill and his role with the Saints and kind of that whole interesting situation that he has with that team. And you know, it, it was interesting. And I, I actually applauded, you know, Nagy for a second when he brought you know Trubisky in to do that. And I, I just think that it was kind of just a little shake up, a little try of something new that you know could possibly work, a new wrinkle. But after all this, I don't know if we're really gonna see that too much more anymore. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I, I think that I actually thought it was kind of cool too. And people were calling for that. Fans on fans on Twitter and Instagram, they're saying, bring in Trubisky, get him in on some plays, you know, maybe run two quarterback sets where they're just both lined up. Uh, I, I think Nagy actually did that once with uh, Chase Daniel, if I remember correctly. It was kind of funny. But yeah, no, I agree with that. It, it's it's a rumor. Ultimately, I think that it probably isn't true. But if it is true, that would be kind of kind of hilarious, honestly, that Nagy would do that. And I actually think that he'd probably get penalized because I don't believe you're allowed to lie on injury protocols. So uh, I guess we'll have to kind of see how that you know kind of goes goes through. But something else before we go ahead and wrap the show with our Bears Titans thoughts. Uh, Tyler Bray is supposedly probably not going to be available on Sunday for the Bears game. And the question that everyone has right now is who the hell is going to play our backup quarterback if Mitchell Trubisky is out right now? So for you guys who know, we have a really badly offensive uh, injured offensive line. Nick Foles has been taking a beating. He's not known to be the healthiest quarterback. And uh, outside of that, we also now don't have any backup quarterbacks. And because of COVID protocol, we can't just sign one, right? We, we would have to essentially find another player on our team to be our, our second string quarterback. So if Nick Foles gets injured, this could be a really interesting next couple of, next couple of days, but also next couple of weeks, because who is going to be the backup quarterback? And... I, I don't think anyone really knows, and I don't, I don't think anyone really knows, but, you know, some people are pointing out, hey, might need to be David Montgomery. He played quarterback in high school. Um, might need to be, and, and Reese and I were talking about this, and just we're so fortunate that our running game is so well-developed because if we need to, we can just go wildcat all game, right? It's so, it's so good that we're just, our offensive line is stacked and we can just move move the ball at will with the running game, right? Oh, yeah, we're going to look like the 08 Dolphins in a hurry with, you know, uh, <laughs> what's his name? I think Ronnie Brown or something, Ronnie Bell, whatever. <laughs> Who, whoever it was, number 23. Oh, man, I'm mistaking his name. I feel so bad. But, you know, uh, yeah, right. Like, thank God we have such a great running game. But, man, it's not like we even have Tree Cohen, who I think was literally like the super emergency quarterback, which is kind of laughable because of how mm-hmm. short he is. But he could still throw and – just the fact that we could have a position player playing quarterback, like, that's a legitimate chance. And, and like you said, Foles isn't necessarily, like, you know, he's not breaking any records for starting the most consecutive games. Like, he's been hurt a significant amount of time in his career. He was just hurt last year that knocked him out for basically all year. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is really what it comes down to. <laughs> it, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, I swear, if I'm watching that game and we're getting to a point where we're watching, you know, David Montgomery take snaps like quarterback, I'm going to lose hope <laughs> so quick. You know, some people are saying Anthony Miller, maybe too, because apparently he has like some, he's always wanted to be like play quarterback. And apparently he was like emergency quarterback at some point too. How funny would it be if, you know, and obviously I hope Foles doesn't get hurt, but it would, I have to say it'd be really interesting to see if he did get hurt, like see how the game played out. But how funny would it be if like Foles goes down and Anthony Miller throws for like four touchdowns, 400 yards? Yeah. And it's like, do you take that seriously? Like, was that like a fluke or like, did we figure something out? And I like, did we figure out that Anthony Miller is the new like franchise quarterback? 
you know, what if like he yeah, comes right. in and we just run a bunch of RPO, you know? And what if it works, yeah. you know? Like we just go with a very like, you know, run based system with a little bit of kind of like trickery. Well, not necessarily trickery. RPO is not really trickery. It's just good strategy. Um, you know, with a little bit of good strategy with the RPO, you know, you get a little. You know, a little action working those linebackers and all that, you know, you never know. Maybe it ends up working out. Anthony Miller's got a decent bit of speed. He can run away from some of those front seven. You know, you never know. Maybe you figure something out. But, yeah, it's just crazy that we're kind of in that situation. And I guess you don't – I don't know if you can blame the Bears for poor planning on this one. Like, it's just it is unfortunate the way that it's worked out. But, yeah, it just seems like – you know, how does it eventually come down to this? You know, I'm sure other teams in the league have been struggling mightily with injuries and also with the COVID protocol, but I haven't really heard any kind of situation like this yet where, you know, a team's been left without a backup quarterback. And of course it's the bears that it's happening to. Well, you know, unfortunately there were no podcasts this entire summer. You're begging for the bears to add a competent third string option or draft a quarterback. Never. It's really unfortunate. (laughs) None of those existed. Right. Um, but no, like in reality, I, it would be, it would honestly be kind of fun to see. And even if we lose the game, it'd be like, it would be one of those moments in sports history where you're just like, how the hell is this happening? Right. Like, like, in a in a weird way. Um, but one of the, one of the other things I want to add is how funny would it be this happening when we would be going against Ryan Tannehill, for the listeners who don't know this, Tannehill was a wide receiver his first three years in college. And he, he ended up go, becoming the quarterback because of some injuries and then got drafted in the first round. So it's like, how, how does that play out? You know, that's kind of cool. Yeah, maybe it's like the perfect like storm and, you know, you know, maybe if like Anthony Miller does really well, it's like this emergency quarterback or David Montgomery, whoever it is, and you know they're gonna have a little moment at midfield with you know Tannehill and and whoever, and it's gonna be so inspirational and everything. Yeah, it'd truly be something out of a movie for sure. <laughs> and I believe that Tannehill only started one full season at quarterback before being. So it's almost like Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just playing, guys. But yeah, no, that'd be kind, that'd be kind of cool. Reese, what's your uh, what's your uh, predictions? What's your takes on these this Bears Titans game? Yeah, I mean, I think the way I've been looking at this all week is it's you know the Titans' strength goes right into the Bears' weakness, it, it, even on defense. <laughs> uh, you know, this Titan team loves to run the football. Derrick Henry is a, is an absolute beast. I mean. He's honestly someone that over the past couple of years has, and no one really talks about it too much, has really become the most dominant running back in the league. Uh, I think yeah. that's that's clear to me, and I don't think he's really even given enough credit. I mean, we love watching his stiff arms and him break off huge runs, but it seems like still, you know, probably just because he's a Titans player, we don't really hear about him enough. Um, mm. So he's going to be an issue. I mean, this is a Bears defense that has struggled to stop the, the running game, you know, at some points in the season, and you know, the Titans are going to try to run it down their throat. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of weapons to be concerned about. Uh, you know, whether it be A.J. Brown, whether it be, um, I want to blank on the name, Corey Davis, I believe. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's some people out there on this Titans team that are very dangerous. So it's going to be a test for the defense. And, you know, for the offense, you know, I'm not <laughs> quite inspired. I know that you said that the Titans I have one of the worst third down defenses or something. Uh, you know, so that's promising. But at the same time, you know, I feel like even against a weak defense, I don't really necessarily trust this Bears team to go out there and light it up and, and you know, help carry the game for the team. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't really see this uh, offense lighting it up. And if they do, that'd be kind of hilarious, honestly, considering how injured this team's offensive line is. They're going to really – Nagy's creativity is going to have to be really tested in this game. You know, they're going to have to find ways to get the ball out of – uh, Full's hand pretty quickly. I'm excited to see Arlington Hambright actually because in college he was pretty decent. Obviously, he was on our practice squad, and uh, now it's going to be interesting to see his actual debut. But see if he has anything in the tank and if he's going to be any sort of viable option for the team moving forward. Um, ultimately, I'm I'm not super enthusiastic. Derrick Henry, yeah, I mean, 
The funny thing with Derrick Henry is I remember I really disliked him when he was coming into the NFL, and it wasn't for any good reason. It was just because I was a huge Ohio State fan, and I was a huge fan of Ezekiel Elliott, and I remember they'd always compare Ezekiel Elliott to Derrick Henry when they're coming out in the draft, and I was so I was so happy uh, when on draft day, Ezekiel Elliott ended up going, what, like top four, top three? I think it was the fourth overall pick, yeah. and then Derrick Henry fell to, what, the second, uh, high second round? So, I, I, you know, I, I didn't like him at first, but at, you know, after that kind of faded out, I'm not a huge Ohio State fan anymore. Um, just because obviously going to college on my own, finding, you know, new team interests. And then, uh, all of a sudden, you know, Derek Hendry has honestly really emerged and he was looking like he wasn't even going to be that great of a running back in the NFL. Um, up until a couple of years ago when, you know, the Titans coaching staff shifted, uh, Ryan Tannehill became the quarterback all these things happen and then Derrick Henry all of a sudden starts looking like an all pro and one of the most dominant running backs in the NFL I mean talk about someone who's really which is so weird because with running backs it's almost like you're instantly a star and then you kind of fade off so for Derrick Henry I mean what an amazing story I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan now he's such an insane freak of nature at that position uh, some a running back that we, is almost something like we've never seen before. And it's just so interesting watching him run. The, you know, usually you can find players with similar running styles to each other, but Derrick Henry, I mean, just how dominant he is outside of the tackles is just insane for his size and and speed. And he he was even a lot of people don't a lot of people who are getting more new into football they don't they remember the big critique on Derrick Henry coming out of the draft was, well, can he actually, he's a huge running back, but we don't really know if he can run through the offensive line. We know he can run around it. We don't know if he can run through it. And then he really developed his game there as well. You know, the Titans don't have, you know, too bad of an offensive line. They're a pretty good offensive line that helps him out, but really just he, he's going to shred us this weekend. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's someone with such a great blend of, you know, strength and speed, right? You don't expect someone his size to, to be able to run away from basically anyone on the defense. But this is a man that has broken off multiple 90-yard runs, which really not many running backs mm-hmm. in the history of the NFL can really claim that. And he's done it just within a couple of years. I mean, it's insane. And, and he can run away from basically anyone. So it's this Bears team, they better watch out. They better uh, you know play really well and have great gap responsibility. Otherwise, they're going to get torn up and – yeah, you know, if the Titans are having their way running the football and this Bears offense, you know, kind of sputters out the gate, you know, how do the Bears claw themselves back into that one? It's going to be really tough because, you know, the Titans are probably going to control the time and possession, I would think. And, yeah, if the Bears can't get it going and if Foles isn't getting the ball out of his hand quick, you know, maybe Arlington Hambright, maybe he's going to be our savior that we need mm-hmm. on the offensive line, but... If he's not, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real tough week. You know, as far as the score goes, man, I feel like it could be a twenty-seven to I'm gonna say twenty-seven to seventeen Titans. Yeah, um, you know, I get kind of too depressed to give out score predictions, but <laughs> I, I, I I'll give I'll give out a, a, a thought about it in a minute. But one thing I wanted to add is just. This Titans team is really based around just being having their weapons be complete freaks of nature. I mean, you want to look at A.J. Brown, who's insane, how big he is, how dominant he is in the slot, how how he's, he is pretty quick for his size as well, and he's also a great route runner. He, I mean, not a lot of people remember this, but back when he was at, you know, Ole Miss with, uh, with D.K. Metcalf, he w- he looked like he was the better player. He I mean obviously DK got a lot of he he got a lot of uh a lot of recognition cuz he was even bigger than AJ Brown. I mean he looked ridiculous compared to AJ Brown even who's huge. But AJ Brown was a stud at at Ole Miss and he was a great player. He played in the slot. That was another concern why I didn't go higher is just because uh you know he he played in the slot, right? Which isn't as highly recognized in the NFL as an important position. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, look at all these weapons. They have Corey Davis, you know, and then they also have Derrick Henry. These guys are huge. These guys are athletic. These guys are physically imposing, and that's going to be tough for any defense. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not too optimistic about the outcome of this game. I would not be surprised if the Bears don't score an offensive touchdown again. That If that happens again, oh, my goodness. 
We can't have another another game like that. You can't have multiple games in a season like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I if I if I'm being completely honest, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears leave this game with scoring less than three points or less than seven points. That would be a would kick in the mouth me. for sure. And we haven't really seen too many shutouts in the NFL this year. And wow, if the Bears are one of them, that would be uh, be tough. Tough week for Bears fans. Hopefully, hopefully the Bears go out there and give us something that we're not expecting. You know, hopefully Nagy, like you said, can be more creative. Um, you know, helps shake things up a bit. Hopefully, the defense can stand their ground and you know they can hang in there and win that game. But I don't know. I'm not feeling optimistic about it. The vibes right now are are that this team can't really do it. So I'm gonna stick with my gut on that one. I think that. The Bears are going to go from being what five and one to five and four in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, this team could get. I mean, obviously, we have the Vikings coming up, so that game we should be winning, I'd assume. Um, but the Vikings just upset the Packers, so you know who knows? Really, who knows? Uh, this team could. The the Bears right now, actually, when I looked at it, they're actually not a playoff team right now. Can you believe that? They're not in the playoffs right now, even though they're five and three. This team, this this NFC, this NFC is wide open too, and it's just so it's so unfortunate that they couldn't get a, a you know couldn't get something together to because that's that was our whole episode about the Super Bowl is that it's not that the Bears are a great team, it's that if they can be just competent enough on offense, this NFC is wide open. There, there's no one. There are very few teams in the NFC that you look at that you say this team would kill the Bears. There's very few of them. Even right now, I would say. Even right now, but you know, it is what it is. I guess we're gonna have to see how this plays out. Titans are a good team, and uh, the Bears right now are extremely injured. So hopefully they can get that figured out. And geez, hopefully we can get a quarterback pretty soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, you know, I, I think that. It's just gonna be a tough one, tough day, tough day at the office, and you know, just with the way things <laughs> I are going. I almost don't want to watch it. Yeah, it's it could be a tough watch, and you know, if ends up being one of those, like you said, where they don't score an offensive touchdown, I mean, I think it's gonna be one where some Bears fans might have to turn it off early. Oh yeah, Cer- certainly could be, and uh, you know, maybe we'll get our reaction podcast in at the halftime, depending on how badly <laughs> this goes. But uh, no, guys, we'll uh, we'll watch the whole game, we'll report on it to you guys, and uh, we'll go off of that. So hopefully everything goes well. I mean, we we have to hope for the best, but there are benefits to being a bad team. So just remember, maybe we're not doing too bad for the draft. Maybe this is all Ryan Pace's master plan all along. But um, thank you guys so much for joining us once again and uh, bear down. Bear down.